Welcome to the second episode of Those Old Movie Guys. And uh, I am Mole, obviously, and this is Andre Gower. Oh, my God. Thank you again for for taking time out of your busy, 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 busy schedule <laughs> to, to come and do this again, man. Uh, it's been a minute. Um, We've been trying, but... yeah. I, I, I'm so glad you're, uh, you know, you're able to come back and, and talk about this stuff with me. And uh, I'm, um, I'm glad you're keeping busy, though, above most of all, because, you know, not not being busy is not good. <laughs> so <laughs> this is true. Sometimes you need a break and you need yeah. to chill out. And other times you need to be uh, just, making things happen. Just, so just need to work. You can find some sort of balance and you can uh, you can figure it out. But, uh, yeah, it's good to be back and talk about cool stuff. Oh, good, man. And today today we are talking about a, uh, a great movie, which, to be honest, though, I had to uh, rewatch not long ago just to refresh my memory. Um, and, uh, Red Dawn, and it's a good movie, man. It's, it was such a good, it was a good movie. Um, but a little unbelievable, but it was a good movie. Uh, you know, I mean, in certain ways, uh, uh, the, basically the plot people, if you haven't heard the, uh, of the movie, uh, what rock were you under for one? And two, um, the, the, it's about a bunch of kids. Um, well, for one, Russia invades the United States. Okay, uh, Russia and Cuba, to be uh, exact, and uh, they they invade the United States, and the the movie opens with, you know, the them invading this town, and uh, you know, uh, it just happens to be the home of uh, Swayze's dog, Patrick Swayze, and uh, his brother in the movie, uh, you know, Carlos Estevez, uh, you know him better as Charlie Sheen, uh, and uh, um, C. Thomas Howell, of all people, um, you know, so it was <laughs> great, uh, and, and they end up uh, basically trying to take over. These kids uh, escape the town before they fully get, you know, uh, integrated uh, fully by the Russians and the Cubans, and they end up fighting them. Uh, uh, guerrilla style, you know, uh, SEAL Team 6, uh, you know, they go in and there and they, and they, and they sort of like picking spots throughout the movie. Like these guys have been trained soldiers all their lives, you know, and, uh, it, it's, it, that, that's the only part I don't find believable about the movie. Uh, really, uh, I do find the Russians invading believable, uh, very believable. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, Andre, you, um, being in the industry at this time, um, were you like you were a little young to be auditioning for this movie though I think right at the time yeah this was the group of you know kind of the main teen kids of the time yeah that was kind of the pack before my pack right um but you know of course those are the ones that we were watching because we were you know kind of the the next the next pack so this is our uh, this was we, we were we were pre that pack yeah yeah so, um, you know, to see, you know, all those cool faces, you know, doing something adventurous and, and dangerous uh, instead of campy and silly, uh, you know, was, was really kind of cool. So, of course, you got, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, the same pack that came out of the Outsiders, uh, you know, that, that era, which is that early, that early half of the 80s. Uh, you know, it's, the, the, it's just great faces. The, the Brat Pack era, we'll call it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all, all you have to do is you know reference, uh, like I said, you know the outsiders. Uh, there, there's a few familiar faces in that movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, quite and, a few. And um, you know, Breakfast Club and and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then you get something, and that's you know a lot of the John Hughes movies, you know, from that era uh, in in mid '80s. You know that you see these faces as well. Um, those are all kind of fun, kind of campy suburban you know, teenage comedy, rom-coms, you know, kind of coming of age films. 
Uh, I think Red Dawn is also a coming of age film. <laughs> Very it's much so. A, not only a coming of age, but a, a you know a coming of the end, you know, for for most of them. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was it was different to see you know kind of those cool you know those young faces in a different type of uh, kids adventure movie. Right, right. Um, it's weird though too, cause, uh, seeing a young Charlie Sheen and like he wasn't really like the the focus of this. Like, and, and Patrick Swayze was. Uh, there, it was kind of weird um, as a kid, like, I'm slightly younger than you even, and uh, watching this movie, and I was like, oh my god, like, because they were like my sister's age, you know what I mean, little, they're, you know, so I was like, oh, they're, they're, they're kids like my, my sister would hang out with watching these, you know, and then like, a couple years later, you know, and I'm seeing all these, like, they're blowing up like a lot of these this this movie was like a lot of their big you know what i mean like kind of their 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 uh breakout movie i guess you'd call it kind of you know sure um i mean i think you know i think it did well it had a lot of push it was a big studio movie it you know it it was very very uh 80s because it was uh, height of the cold war uh and you know this kind of got a little a little real, you know, the, the movie, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't done campy at all. It right. Was, you, know, you know, for lack of better phrase, it was done straight, um, you know, and, and maybe, it, you know, it suffered a little eighties, you know, kind of ask, um, you know, it could have been, but I think there were some elements of really kind of some like, you know, dark sixties and seventies movies in there. Um, but, you know, it was kind of an adaptation of a story that we thought was possible. Right. Uh, you know, at, at any time, and you know, because we all grew up in this era that at any minute we could all be incinerated, and um, you know, and then the world would just be like this smoldering ash heap, and you know, that was always sort of, I think, even as I was a kid, I always thought that was kind of unrealistic. It didn't serve any purpose, uh, but something like Red Dawn was a little bit more scary, right? Because there was. Uh, there was a use of, uh, you know, it's, you know, no spoilers, but it's a great scene and, you know, sort of in the second act, um, you know, with Powers Booth, who's a downed fighter pilot and kind of explains the story to these kids of actually what happened, not only in a, in the United States, but around the world. Right. It's one of the best lines I've ever, ever heard in a movie. And, um, you know, when they're sitting around the campfire getting the story and, you know, there was use of strategic nuclear weapons and, it, it knocked out most of our defense, you know, uh, uh, infrastructure and, you know, enabled an actual land and air invasion of the United States, which, you know, we grew up watching, you know, everything that, you know, we think that's absolutely impossible. Right. And, um, you know, strategically, I think it is kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of far-fetched. Uh, I think we would see it coming, especially now. But uh, it, it was, it's still scary no matter what. You know, yeah. something, if someone had the balls to pull something off and, and do it, then it would. And, um, you know, it still rings true, you know, through generations. And um, it, was, it was just sort of, it, it caught that Cold War kind of, you know, element, which, you know, we grew up in. And if you like that sort of thing, then uh, it, it was a different take on a Cold War story, which actually, you know, it, it's not Gene Hackman running around Europe in a spy movie or, you know, uh, James Bond, you know, Cold War stuff. It was, right. it, this hit home, and it hit a small town. Yeah, you know, up in the mountains. And yeah. Was, uh, wow. And then, then you get the story of what happened all over the rest of the country, and uh, you just don't think that you, the United States would be the actual, uh, you know, terrain for a you know long pitched, you know, kind of uh, you know battle. Right. Right. And they, they, in the movie, they 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 split like the united states got split like it was like wasn't it like there was like 
uh, out west it was like uh, safe territory or whatnot but like in their area it was it was battleground like you know straight up like yeah, occupied yeah, territory that's what's great about getting that you know kind of uh, bird's eye view from the powers booth character that's uh you know, major cities kind of got knocked out. Some got invaded. Um, you know, the lines kind of stabilized somewhere in the Midwest. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden you, you cut to, you know, the next scene. You have this, you know, kind of open field, you know, old school Cold War tank battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is really kind of was our defense posture. But it was supposed to happen in Eastern Europe, you know, for 40 years. Right. Uh, I guess with the full, the full, the gap <laughs> is all about. And, you know, what would happen if Soviet tanks rolled through you know, the Eastern Bloc and went into, you know, uh, you know, past the, you know, kind of uh, the border there. And, the, you know, that was the, the, that's what we trained for. And that's what our uh, military, you know, basically was focused on was this, you know, giant, large air and tank battle in Eastern Europe, you know, coming through the full gap. So, yeah. you know, now that, that didn't happen. <laughs> and it happens, you know, in, uh, you know, Nebraska, yeah. <laughs> it happens in Wyoming and Montana. So, yeah. Um, now the fact that like um, this movie like it was a coming of age movie like you said uh, you know what I mean like for all the kids uh, I, you know what Swayze and, and uh, uh, Charlie Sheen their characters kind of took it I, I think the best out of the group like even though their father they saw their father you know get shot right in front of them and all that you know but they were they were kind of like the leaders of the group anyway right so they were trying to be like uh, the their, their characters uh, I don't, I don't want to say they had the least amount of growth, but they, they did grow. You know what I mean? They had some growth to them because they, they, they obviously went from children to, you know, or teenagers to having to be a full grown adult. You know, I'm killing people right now, you know, overnight, literally. Um, uh, but I think the one who had the most growth was C. Thomas Howell's character. Who went from being all like, you know, oh, uh, you know, his dad, he didn't know, or his dad died. He found out his dad died, but, you know, he didn't know where his mom, and he, he was like all crying, and he was like the weak, kind of like the weak guy. And then they killed that deer in that one scene, and they said, look, look, our dad said, if you drink this blood, you know, that makes you one with the deer, and, you know, you're going to change. You're going to be a man, you know, stuff's going to change right after that. He was like, really? And he, you know, typically he drank the blood. Next thing you know, man, he's like polishing guns. He's like, yeah, I want to kill people. He's notching like the body count into his, you know, into the the muscle or the end of his gun, and he's like, and at the end, like, uh, and uh, spoiler, I'm gonna go spoilers because this is an old movie, and they even remade it, people. So like, <laughs> it was yeah, no, I know, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, they end up having to shoot one of their own later on. You know, in the movie, uh, he didn't want to. Patrick Swayze didn't want to because he was going to, but he did it, and he he honestly didn't look like he had any remorse on his uh, on his face when he did it. You know what I mean? Like, so he kind of looked a little down, but he was like, kind of had to be done. He shot him because he his father was a politician and uh, in the town, and his who was lying allying with the Russians and the Cubans, and he was just you know, and then he told his father where they were hiding out and his father told the Russians, obviously. And then they, they went and they caused a whole kerfuffle. A couple of them died, you know, or, you know, one of them died. And this movie is, is it's got, it's like got drama. It's got like, it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a tearjerker because, you know, when, uh, um, as much as, uh, you, you know, Jennifer Gray's character really didn't, honestly didn't do much in that movie like when she just got pegged out of nowhere like when they were up on the rocks by that chopper that was flying out and i was like 
that was out of nowhere. Like, why did they, it kind of grabs you a little bit? Like, whoa, whoa, they're not afraid to kill anybody off in this movie, like at all. <laughs> and, and literally, everybody gets taken. Yeah, everybody dies. Like, if you go into this movie thinking that there's going to be a, a happy ending there's really not a happy ending. I mean, there is, but there isn't like, they don't say that the war was ever ended. Did they like did at the end? Like, I know they said that those two got free and they don't know where Swayze character is. <laughs> they don't know where he went. Well, I, I, I think if you, you know, for fast forwarding to very and then we'll come back to the kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think is, is super interesting. Um, you know, I think the, well, it, it kind of comes in, it, it kind of is the same thing. So, you know, when we're talking about C. Thomas, uh, C. Thomas Howell character, uh, you know, who comes in a little, you know, a little, a little green, a little yeah. you know, kind of uh, still has his spots. Yeah. You know, as, a, as, as, a, as a young fawn, uh, and, you know, all these kids are thrust into this kind of really unrealistic, scary type thing. And it's how you adjust to that. And you either adjust or you don't. Uh, and when you do adjust, it's the level of adjustment uh, to be able to cope with it. And it really it's just a study in humanity, really about how something like war, which this is, uh, you know, either um, uh, amplifies your humanity or it completely erodes it. Right. And, uh, you know, we see different levels of that. And I think the C. Thomas Harris, you know, character has that, you know, 180 degree kind of flip, you know, from being very, um, you know, naive, very young, very scared, uh, all the way to just a cold, you know, straight cold killer. Yeah. That's how his character, that's how his mind, uh, you know, coped with this whole thing. And he was, you know, super effective and he just didn't care. Um, you know, the Jennifer Grey character, as you see, you know, it was, it was her and, uh, you know, Leah Thompson, Leah Thompson right. You know, they, they get, they get, um, you know, they get tasked, you know, by the, by the uncle, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, take care of these girls because they can't stay in this house because they're rounding up, you know, women and children. Right. Right. Uh, and the men, and so they take them off in the woods, and they're kind of obstinate. They're kind of uh, stubborn. Uh, yeah. They're also scared. Did, didn't Charlie Sheen uh, make uh, Leah Thompson try to do the dishes, and then she like flipped out on him? I think, like at one part. Yeah. 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 So, yeah so we have we have a little bit of you know kind of these uh, obvious you know cliche roles that uh, you know when you're hiding up in the mountains as a guerrilla fighting force, you know all that kind of goes out the window, right? Because there are no dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No dishes. Um, you know, you're, you're bivouacked in the woods trying to hide out from the snow and, you know, you know, Russian Spetsnaz shoulders, uh, soldiers tracking you down. Uh, but, you know, she also makes a turn. You know, Jennifer Grey, they all, her and Leah Thompson start to, you know, get with the game, so to speak. Yeah. Because one of the biggest things that will make you change is straight survival. You right. You turn into somebody else just to go into survival mode. And that's what everybody's in for, you know, I, you know, I think the story goes on for, you know, it's an extended amount of time, Yeah, you know, and it's this, you know, kind of heroic, uh, romantic, you know, guerrilla fighting force that, uh, you know, we've had in just about every war, uh, in real life, you, know, yeah. you have kind of, the, you know, whether it's the French resistance in World War II or it's the partisans in, you know, the Spanish Civil War, you know, which, you know, Hemingway wrote about a ton and, you know, here's just our story, you know, this right. is a fictional story. Uh, something that hasn't happened and hopefully doesn't happen. And, um, you know, I think this way, you know, I think both brothers at the end, you know, they're, they're ride or die. And, you know, they, you know, and it all starts with being, you know, brothers and it starts with being, you know, football teammates in a right. small town. And, uh, you know, and they gathered these kids and, you know, every group's got to have leaders and every group's got to have examples. And they've got to grow and learn, or they won't survive. Yeah. And I think the you know the Wolverines, 
you know, which is taken, you know, from their mascot of their high school, yep. um, you know, becomes this legendary thing, you know, you know, it, it's legendary, you know, after the fact, yeah. but it's, it's just these kids trying to survive and, and hold on to something. They take their high school mascot and they take each other and, um, you know, they fend for themselves and they learn, you know, they didn't, yes, I think, you know, it is a little kind of unbelievable that a group of kids end up actually causing so much havoc. Right. Um, but I don't think it's as unrealistic um, as, as it should or could be because all it takes is a little bit of motivation. It takes a little bit of uh, wherewithal. And, you know, little bit by little bit, right. as the, the individuals can grow, you, you can cause some havoc like that. You're not going to go up against a giant tank force. <laughs> but you can, you know, that's what guerrilla warfare is. Right. It's, it's making these little pockets of, you know, understaffed, under, you know, underarmed. Yeah, they knew uh, the area. Groups that, that can, you know, that they knew the area, they knew how to, that's the whole point. Right. You know, we've seen that throughout history. Yeah. And whether it is the French resistance or it's the Mujahideen against the Soviets in the 80s, <laughs> which I think this was actually kind of during that same time. Yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, during, and, I think. And, and, and maybe even a little prior, you know, to it really kind of going down in the mountains of Afghanistan, you know, with a group, you know, a, a, a group of, you know, a bunch of tribe, you know, tribesmen in the hills of Afghanistan. Yes, they were getting funded and, you know, weaponized by the U.S. and others uh, to go against the Soviets. But, uh, you know, it was sort of that parallel story there. Uh, and, and, and they grow. They get a little bit better in their tactics. They get right. a little bit more solid. Uh, but, but I think that shows kind of how long they were out there. Uh, you know, I think it went on, you know, for, you know, like two years. Now. It had to have been, yeah, because um, they, yeah, they, I think it was a long time. they they started going like they showed like the months, like, the, you know what I mean? Like it was the winter, it was yeah. like January and then like they would show the yeah, snow on the ground. And, the yeah. And, and, and they go through it and, you know, it ends up being, they end up causing so much problem that the Russians, the Soviets have to bring in actually. Oh, they got to bring him back up and specialists for these kids. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's, you know, when, you know, with those uniforms and that hind helicopter, that's all, that's Spetsnaz. That's yeah. The, you know, the, 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 the Russian, the Soviets and kind of special forces. Yeah. That are kind of ruthless and a little better equipped and better trained. Uh, you know, you know, you have to have a, you know, an M, yeah, you know, an M, MI-28 hind helicopter, that giant behemoth of a helicopter to, you know, to take out a group of teenagers. Yeah, they had like four of them. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's just a symbol of, you know, kind of the Soviet army was that helicopter size and bite. Uh, But it also had its drawbacks. It was big and cumbersome. You know, it was a giant thing. That's true. Um, But, you know, I I think the Jennifer Grey character makes a great, you know, come around. I think the Leah Thompson you know, character they they come up and they they're just as badass as anybody else. Oh yeah, um, that and 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 this one shot. Speaking of the helicopters, it just actually popped into my head with C. Thomas Howell. He had the rocket launcher, and the one helicopter was swinging around shooting, and he waited. He aimed that thing, and it blew the guy who was shooting through the the helicopter. The helicopter yeah. just took. Oh, it was badass. I'm like, this movie had some really good, really good action scenes. Like, it, it, better than I think that it should have had. Quite frankly, for a movie this caliber like yeah i think it's uh it was a little on the surface but i don't think it went campy and 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 kind of unrealistic i think it showed you know some some grit on it and the um you know some great kind of cheering type of you know scenes there but it's it's a little different type of um you know celebration movie because anytime they do anything good it's just about surviving right uh and they're not running around and you know they you know they what they save a group of 
you know, people, you know, a bunch of townsfolk that are about to get executed in a mass grave, uh, like one time. That's the only time they really kind of like save. Right. Um, you know, what they're up there trying to do is just kind of wreak havoc and survive and, 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 and take some, you know, some, give some punches and, you know, t- take their pound of flesh as well. And cause it's a losing battle. And yeah. I think they know it. You yeah. know, everybody knows this, like this can't sustain. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, so I think that's sort of the character arcs there too. And, you know, it depends on how you step up in, in, in the worst possible situation that you can find yourself in, uh, you know, be it, you know, a sinking ship, be it, you know, a, a doomed, uh, you know, airliner in the sky or, you know, your country gets invade, you know, invaded by, you know, and you're, you know, going up against a superior force. It's how you as a human being kind of step up and right. you choose. And, and we see all those examples because everybody's human. Not everybody's going to step up um, and, and, and fight back and not everybody's going to fight back well. Um, it's just, you know, what you choose to do in that moment is, is how you want to be defined. And I think that it was an interesting humanity story of those decisions, but then also what humanity does to war, because we also have another character on the other side of the, of the story here with the Cuban general, right, the right, colonel, uh, you know, that's been tired of fighting. He's been fighting these kind of, you know, he, he's been on the other side of the guerrilla war. Yeah. And now he's part of the big invading force. And he just wants to, you know, he just wants, you know, uh, you know, a couple of years of not fighting and, you know, sitting on his porch with his wife and a mojito probably. And, yeah. And, and get out of this world. And, you know, he's not going to get that. Right. And he realizes, and I think, you know, there's that moment at the end where he lets Patrick Swayze and, and carrying the dying Charlie yeah. off. Uh, but, you know, he, because he knows, you know, what these kids did and, you know, cause he's kind of been in that position and he just kind of lets them go. He could have taken them both out. Oh, yeah. They're both dead anyway. They're both dying. They're yeah, both yeah. Dead. But he just lets them go and be on their way and, and be with each other. So that, you know, at the end, the bad guy shows a little humanity. Right. Uh, you know, which is where our good guys at some point started showing no humanity. Exactly. So, the you know, the tide started to flip just, a little. It, it just shows you, you know, the positions that we put ourselves in as humans and, and how we can react. Right. I, that's so true. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, those... It's also an awesome action movie with a bunch of kids. Right. Like yeah. It's like Rambo for kids, you know? So there you go. It's... Exactly. <laughs> I think Red Dawn's actually more realistic than any Rambo. Oh, my God. Yes. 100%. 100% so. <laughs> That's the first one. I don't, I, I don't consider First Blood to be a Rambo. No. That's a whole other... First Blood is actually a really good story and, and a pretty good movie. Oh yeah, no, we're we're, we're... Um, and, 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 it's, and it's very well acted, but uh, you know we get Rambo First Blood Part Two, yeah. which I, I uh, you know that gets a little fun. That was that was when Sly was like, I can make money off of this. All right, now we keep going. Let's go. Like, hey, yeah, let's take this. Yeah. <laughs> I can have I can have archery equipment with the yeah. name on it. So if I blow up this chopper, like this really big chopper with just an arrow. <laughs> <Let me get. laughs> I, speaking of, I actually knew the guy that made the exploding arrowhead. Obviously, it was good. It was, it was, you know, they were fake, obviously, but it was, it was an archery guy. That I knew that. That's awesome. <laughs> Some Hawkeye shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. And you know, I think the, I, I think it really hit. I don't think this movie for a young gener, like a younger generation that was probably born in the two thousands. It, it would, it would, it would, it makes zero sense. Right. They don't understand the Cold War. They don't understand, you know, what we grew up with, because um, they just weren't there. Right. I totally get that. 
Uh, you know, same thing. We I don't understand what it's like to grow up in the fifties or sixties. Uh, you know, I read about it. I watched yeah. a lot of stuff, but I wasn't there, so I don't have that feeling. Um, and, and you know, you mentioned they remade this movie, yeah. and they did, and and there was no reason for it either. <laughs> there was no reason for it except for trying to up, you know some studio exec was like, hey, we have this title, let's update it for the new generation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, so we don't have the Soviets anymore, but you know what can we do? And I don't know if you, you know the background or you know anybody. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've, of, of what happened to this movie yeah, is yeah. obviously in the you know the current Cold War state. It's more economic Cold War than it is you know kind of. Uh, but we're just in we're in the same type of Cold War that we were with the Soviets for sixty something years, right? Uh, than you know we were with uh, it, that we are with China for the last twenty or twenty five. And they made this movie so that China is the invasion. Yeah. And, and they're the one. And then, ironically, in our current state of economy and entertainment and media today, uh, the government of China said, no, we, we will not release this. We will not release this movie in the biggest movie market in the world. Right. Uh, if you make us the bad guy. And so I, I can't remember who put out the second. Was it Paramount or somebody? Yeah, it was Paramount. Like, I, think, I think it was Paramount. Yeah. They went and digitally removed <laughs> Any insignia or flag that mm-hmm. was from China from a Chinese symbol, yeah, uh, and dubbed every line of Chinese into Korean and made the made the North Koreans the invading force of the current modern U.S., <laughs> which is just absurd to begin with. But still, that's, not, that's just absurd. But still, <laughs> yeah, at least in the first one, you had two, you know, kind of. Um, you know the Cuban forces, you know, weren't that big, but you know they were there and they were close, and right. they infiltrated in, which is what they did you know, from the south. And then the Soviets came in heavy from the air, and it just doesn't really work with North Korea <laughs> in, a current, in a current state. It Definitely really not work. So I think it was a bad idea to read the story anyway. Now with China, it may have worked, right? Uh, but then a studio said, "Oh, we're getting." We're getting spanked by, you know, Uncle, you know, Uncle G. Yeah. And, you know, the Chinese government in the, in the, in the, the market over there, we can't not, we can't <laughs> lose that market. And so they completely folded and said, yes, we will change this movie. Yeah. Um, which, which kind of flies in the face. If you grew up as a Cold War kid, that flies in the face of the Cold War kind of opponent yeah. telling you what to do. And you just kind of capitulate. For the yeah. Fight. We were just it's like, not, you know what? <laughs> we just got to do what we fought against. It is what it is. You know, all all of those American kind of entertainment heroes that are dead and gone now would would kind of send what's yeah. going on. Yeah, I, like, I think Rambo would have even said what's going. on <laughs> As he's collecting on his next check, he's like, what's going on? This is ridiculous. <laughs> right. So, uh, so kind of you know made a bunch of sequels and went in different places where this character would have some sort of adventure. I think those movies actually ended up not that bad. Um, uh, the one where they were in, you know, kind of Burma uh, or you know the, the Cambodia, yeah. Myanmar kind of border with the with the the, the religious kind of missionaries. Uh, that that was an interesting story. You know, it, it's it was a gigantic body count. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was pretty interesting, but. Um, yeah, so I think Rambo is a, as this kind of fictional character that has, like I said, First Blood doesn't count. That's a, that's a great yeah. story and a great movie. But 
Uh, you know, even toned down and got more believable and more realistic than the first one. Right. Um, I, but you can remake movies with that character because this is, this is kind of iconic hero. Here. I don't think you need to recreate the Wolverine. Yeah, no. I, I think it was. I think it was a, 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 a an interesting idea um, that once you did it and you had to redo it, just didn't work. And that, talk about a movie that you should have pulled. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. That's probably a movie should have pulled. Yeah. And 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 with the you know with the fact that you know we could have stood up and said uh, we're not going to stand up to this type of kind of bullying, so we're just going to not release the movie at all. Right. Because we have principles. But apparently we don't have principles. We make movies to make money, which is totally understandable. Right. And so, yes, we will, but they, did, they didn't come to any sort of agreement. They just kind of bowed us up. Oh, sorry, we offended you. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll do that. Now, that doesn't do anything. We don't care about movies that are made in China that make, you know, anybody else look bad, including, they can make whatever they can. We don't say, hey, we'll never show this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's not about censorship. Like, make make whatever movie you want. To yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not how it works, I guess. Yeah. In the Hollywood we, studio system. <laughs> we got Netflix. Oh, I mean, we're losing the biggest most movie market on the planet. We got it. Let's 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 change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what are you gonna do? And that, that happened in, in Maverick too. That happened in Top Gun Maverick. Oh yeah. And you know, with the patch on his jacket, and um, I, I and I think it's the same studio. <laughs> I gotta look at Paramount made Red Dawn the original, but um, and the second, but uh, mm-hmm. they they said they changed it in the trailers, and I think they changed it back and said, you know, yeah. fuck yourself <laughs> the second, um, which is fine because I think they knew Top Gun Maverick was going to do well. Oh <laughs> yeah, it was it was going to make money back no matter what. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was. A- you know, that's interesting. We're talking about Top Gun Maverick being a Cold War adventure hero movie as well, almost in the same yeah. time as Red Dawn, like. 86 was that, what would Red Dawn came out 84 yeah 84 um, yeah that's that's not that, you know, <laughs> it's not it, it's same era it's literally the same that's basically the same year these these kind of stories are touching each other yeah and but that's what we made our movies on it was it was cold it was cold war stuff and it, it was it was big and it was global and it was uh, very very American and very very Americana mm. and rah 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 but that's what I think is good about Red Dawn because it's not. It is, but it's not. It shows that we are vulnerable, and it shows that you know we can get taken out, and 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 really we're not as you know invincible as we think. Right, right. Because that and and there's a great line. Like I said, my favorite line in almost any movie. It just it's a great scene where they're sitting around the campfire, and Powers Boot. You know they've rescued this downed pilot, and he says, "No, I'm an Eagle driver." And, he's, and so he goes, "What's going on in the world?" And he tells them. And he's like, you know, they took us out with the first strike. We hit back. Their nukes were a lot more accurate than we thought they would be. Um, you know, but, you know, we, we kind of rallied and we came back and we kind of pushed them back. And, you know, now the lane, lines have kind of stabilized now. And uh, you guys are just caught behind, you know, you're 300, 400 miles behind enemy lines. And C. Thomas Howell asked, he goes, well, isn't anybody friends with us? Like, the world wouldn't come to our aid. Right. And Powers Booth says... There's 300, uh, 300 million screaming Chinamen, and uh, which is a, 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 a problematic turn of phrase yes. now. But uh, you know, he says, but, you know, three, I think he says you know three three hundred screaming Chinamen, and he says, "Tell myself, last I heard, I thought there was a billion Chinese." Yep, and he was like, "There was." Whiskey, whiskey in the fire and blows it. He goes, "There was." Yeah, oh. that's a great. That is a great bit of writing. Yeah. 
uh, that with no exposition. It just explains because the story that you just told, and now we get to fill in the gaps that they also attacked China right. with nuclear weapons and wiped out over half of their population. Um, it, I, that, that made everything very, very real on this giant, global, unfathomable scale. But we're dealing with a campfire and a bunch of kids in, in, the, in the mountains. So it's, it's this, it, we're in this small little bubble. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, we're feeling the impact of you can't get any more global than that than, let's say, I don't know, an asteroid that you don't know everything. <laughs> Right. So <laughs> we're one step down from the asteroid extinction. And uh, it, it's just fascinating to me. It's very, very powerful. And I, I don't think a lot of kids got it. Yeah, no, uh, I sure as hell didn't at that time. Going on, it, was, um, it, it was like, it was just this kind of, oh, kids running around with shoot em up movies. Yeah, yeah. It's not what it is. No. The movie is dark. Yeah, no, especially. Dark, dark. Especially watching it back now, like I said, just recently, just so I could. And I was like. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I did not. At the, at the time when I was a kid, I was like, no, this was just a pew-pew, you know, have fun, you know, shoot them up movie. Now I'm like, oh, I feel for these kids on, like, so many different levels. It's, like, ridiculous. There are so many ups and downs throughout the whole movie. Like, and it starts action-packed. Like, you know what I mean? It starts with paratroopers. Just... I'll tell you, that is one of the, 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 the most interesting visuals in, in any type of movie. Like, some you know, some scenes catch your eye. And when the you know the high school you know teacher is just giving a lecture, and then all of a sudden he's looking out, and there's this great thing of these paratroopers coming in and land. It, it's just a, it's a beautiful shot. Yeah, it really, really it's really like, good. Wait, what is? I'm glad we didn't go through an entire almost half of the first <laughs> act setting up characters. And it just, this movie just started. It did. It, it started. It introduced your Swayze and your Sheen and your other you know the main boy characters and whatever. But then it got right to it like it got right to it that poor teacher too man he is one of my favorite actors in the world like he was in loaded weapon one national lampoons loaded weapon one he played the chief he was so great in that movie but this one he just walks out he's like, what the? and then pow, 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 and i'm like oh i was so bad and another thing it does, it sets the tone of how ruthless an invasion is and you know these paratroopers you know are coming in and just they start wiping out a in high school, right? You know that that's not a that's not a hard target. That's yeah. not a military target. That's not a strategic target. That is just about suppression and uh, you know capitulation of the local you know populace, and, right? And that ha- that's that's happened throughout the history of time. Mm-hmm. Like, you go in and, and it's a fear tactic. You got to get it under control. It, it, it definitely is, and uh, I, th- I think that was a genius move, um, you know, to kind of show that, right? And, you know, what's also great about this movie is there's, you know, a la another handful of kids adventure movies of the time. Right. Uh, Monster Squad being one of them. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of the kids, you know, uh, you know, celebrated Monster Squad and related to it because they're like, this was us. We liked the things that you liked and we went off on our own and rode our bikes and went on an adventure. There was no adults. Um, you know, that's my... My two favorite kids' adventure movies of the eighties. You know, one, it's not Monster Squad. I just vote for ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I just it's my it's my it's Monster Squad. Yeah, I was in it. It's my. You know, <laughs> in second place is is Stand by Me, and then oh that's yeah, a kids definitely adventure movie. And yes, coming of age. It's a, it's a friendship movie. Uh, but my number one kids' adventure movie of the eighties is Red Dawn. 
and everybody goes, that's not a kid's adventure match. It is the ultimate It is definitely the most ultimate kid's adventure movie. I mean, this is... this is. It's not a fantasy. Adventure as you could... No, it's not. It's not... Yeah, it's not Willow. Yeah, it's... It's, it's, not, it's not Labyrinth. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's literally uh, life or death. Right. You know, adventure movie. And, um, you know, that... That, you know, we hope as kids that uh, we all think we'd step up and, and, and act accordingly and do and do the you know the brave thing, the courageous the courageous outcome. And uh, I, I, I think a lot of us are are, are mistaken. We don't know what we do right. or, or how we'd be able to handle that situation. Ho- hopefully, hopefully we would, but uh, we just know. We, we, I, I think as we get older and as adults, we're like, I don't know how. I don't know what I would do. But like, right. would I just try to survive and like do whatever they say, or would I, would I, would I, would I fight back? I think everybody's wired differently. Yeah, but it's an ultimate kids' adventure movie. <laughs> it is no, it's it is most certainly uh, an adventure movie for kids. Because uh, uh, oh, wow, and it, it just because it's not like yeah, fantasy lace doesn't make it any less like it. And this is something that can happen, and it makes it a little scary at the same time. And uh, you know, I just hope if if, if it was my kids in that situation. That they handled it half as well <laughs> as a oh, couple of them kids. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And, you know, and like I said, it's, it's all about what, a, what, how horrible situations, uh, and in this case, some of the most horrible you can imagine. Um, you know, affects your humanity, and you know, they get tasked with taking care of you know Jennifer Grey and Leah Thompson. They end up becoming badasses, but. You know, like the Leah Thompson character, there's even a thing where, you know, she gets assaulted or she gets, you know, attacked, you know, by, you know, some of the forces that got them. You know, so that's hard being a young, you know, female in, you know, war situations. Right. That's probably the worst situation she could possibly be. Yeah. She also had those. She comes out of that. Yeah. She also had the ups and downs, too, throughout that movie with, you know, the colonel there, the pilot, you know, when he she kind of had a thing for him and he looked like he was. Kind of getting a thing for her, which is a little creepy, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, she was, we didn't, wasn't, didn't specify how old she was, but either she could have been 18 and, and we don't know. Yeah. But yeah. still. But that also shows what happens in those situations. Right. You know, this is, you know, we, we could and probably all will be dead tomorrow. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, what we, we're just looking to connect and looking to, we're yearning not only for survival, but for connection to other humans because our humanity is gone. It right. Got, it got, it got, literally got stripped away. But um, yeah, it's just it, it's just a fascinating kind of commentary uh, that is very, a lot more multifaceted and multidimensional than most people who've ever seen. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. It's not just your like I said. It's not just your average pew 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 shoot 'em up movie, you know, for kids. This this is this is one of those you know you. Oh God, it's a thinker too, man. Because you you know you go into it and you're like, wow. Like this, this, this really could have me come out of it thinking like, Geez, I hope that shit don't happen. You know what I mean? Like, I really hope that shit don't happen. <laughs> yeah. When they, when they were remaking this movie, uh, instead of, cause you know, sometimes, you know, reboots are fine. You right. Know, we've seen a lot of reboots or remakes that are even better than the original or, you know, it's our generational reboot. We get it. Um, you know, we have a lot of songs. Like mm-hmm. Sometimes the cover is better than the original. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I, you know, when they were like, we're, they're remaking Red Dawn. And I was like, are they remaking Red Dawn or are they doing a sequel? Or like a follow-up companion story? Uh, is it, I was like, oh, is everybody, you know, an adult and it happens again? Right, right. Like, Their kids got to do it, you know, whatever. <laughs> that would be very on the nose of a, of a movie for something that happened like that. Yeah. But, I, one, that would have been better. 
two, I always thought, you know, hey, we got all of this sort of backstory of what actually happened, but we were in this bubble with these kids right. in the mountains, in this small mountain town. I mean, it's a small town to begin with. Yeah. And which is kind of really funny why they even invaded this. Like they didn't need to invade this town. Yeah, there was no like there was no like oil supplier, gold supplier, anything. You know, it was like yeah. But but we got the story from the pilot, from the Power Booth character of you know what happened elsewhere, and then these kids went on to become kind of legendary after the time. And maybe there's a parallel story like taking place in Seattle or taking place right. in, you know, Atlanta or something. That or would LA. be great. That would be uh, you awesome. Know, that is just, just at the end of these kids, like the, the word and the resistance has come down that there's a pocket of kids right. that's giving them hell in the mountains of Wyoming yeah. or Montana. Yeah. And then it filters down through the resistance. And, you know, cause we never, no, they, so eventually we get the. Didn't the uncle? The, the uncle mentioned some about like they were in the spring. They were going to be sending you know reinforcements for you guys or something like that. Yeah, hopefully you know when the weather breaks. Right, right. Because but, you know that's setting up what that is. That's setting up that your terrain can be your defense. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think there's a great story in you know in L.A. or San Francisco where you know another group of kids or teens or something. Right. Like, hey, if they can do it, we can do it. But, you know, shoot this movie into whenever the awful remake came out. What, 14, or 14 or 16 or something yeah. like that, yeah. They're like, But make it make it a retro movie and do it in, like, 1986. Yeah. Two years after the Wolverines, are, they're just ending. And then, you know, they... And then now we have this other story at the same time. Right. The same kind of 80s feel and go back. But that would be making a movie for our generation, not... Not for... buy movie tickets. Right. And you can still put Channing Tatum in it. But, um... <laughs> I have no problem with Jenny. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the dudes, are, the dudes in Adonis. Yeah. I mean, come on. But, yeah. uh, you know, set it in the eighties and make it, you know, kind of, you know, red dawn meets, you know, night of the comic. <laughs> right. Dude, that'd be great. That would actually be great. Uh, you know, cause it's dystopian LA and now you kind of have this urban gorilla, which would be kind of on the nose, but they didn't make the movie for me. They made yeah. it for a giant kid audience of 2015. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, apparently it did well at the box office, uh, from what I understand. The the, the remake. Well, but I mean, it did because it was big. You had you had uh, Channing Tatum in it. You had uh, Josh Hutcherson in it, and you know you you uh, yeah you changed it. But I don't think most of the people that went and saw this movie read the trades or watched the news right. that they actually completely changed this movie, right? Um, because of the demand of a foreign government, and uh, and. So I don't think they cared. I think they just wanted to see. And this was more splashy. This was more splashy and shoot them up and car chasey, and, right? And and not as gritty. It was a little more slick. Yeah, uh, because that's how we make movies now. Because we have we have better toys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, but you know, and it's it's just I wish it had gone a little bit. It needed that kind of bubble feel, mm-hmm. and I I think this one, if correctly if I'm wrong, the remake took place in Seattle or Portland or something. Right? Uh Portland, you know, Portland, I believe. Yeah, it took yeah. place in Portland, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, they didn't really get to use the terrain. They, you know, it wasn't really about survival. It was just really about a resistance bubble for a few minutes, right? Um, and I don't think it could have lasted you know as long as you know as long as you want. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there's some great car chase scenes in the neighborhood, which you know it, it, it's very jolting. You know that all of a sudden there's you know 
you know, for you know, uh, invasion force Humvees and and armored vehicles running through your neighborhood and and, and machine gunning, you know, suburbia. Right, right. You know that 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 was probably the the best part of that. <laughs> get it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, um, we are gonna uh, uh, probably call it here. We have been going for uh, about an hour. Mister Gower here has to go and do some good stuff and keep busy. Like I said, he is a very very busy man. And uh, like I said, I'm just happy we got to talk about this finally because I've been wanting to talk about this movie with you for so long right now yeah. like and i'm like it, 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 but like you said you make great points about it it's not this kind of campy shoot 'em up you right. know, uh, uh crazy action movie um a la invasion usa with chuck norris yeah yeah right. sort of on the similar escape from la line. with you know <laughs> right and, you know invasion usa is a very cold war movie as well but it's chuck norris as this kind of b-movie hero you know it's a canon yeah so you get all of that canon glory out yeah, of yeah, yeah. but uh, you know red dawn's a little more grittier than people than people really realize and it's it's a it's not about a shoot 'em up and it's not about a, it's it's a war movie but it's about the human impact of something like that right and i've i've seen very few war movies that really take that toll um saving private ryan is a great movie um but i think one of the best war movies and probably one of the top world war ii movies was fury the tank movie with Brad Pitt. oh yeah yeah and, and a lot of people didn't see that movie because i think it was a little too dark and a little too gruff the acting's phenomenal mm. Um, but there's the scene when they're in that when they're in the the, the town and with the the aunt and the daughter and they have they make them cook eggs. That, that shows the dichotomy, and that's where you show a war movie is like yeah. how it affects the humanity of people. And uh, the John Bernthal character is just an asshole. Just <laughs> he's lost his humanity. He doesn't care. Yeah. Brad Pitt's trying to keep his, but he doesn't have it sometimes. And that movie starts off very, very quickly. Yeah. 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 Serious, you know, he jumps on the horse and stabs the guy in the face. You know, it's like, whoa, like okay. But then it's in this kind of really dreamlike, really weird. And I, I think those movies are, are very, very similar in the story that they were trying to tell of what war is actually about. Right. And we grow up, you know, uh, romanticizing war and combat. And then it's like you don't ever, ever want to be a Russian. <laughs> no. You don't ever want to have to do. That. Yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, exactly. No, war is bad. You don't want to be there. You don't want to fight it. You don't want it to come to your own town. You don't want to, you know, if it happens, it happens, but you don't want it to happen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's. You, yeah, you don't want it to happen to, to you or anybody you know, or even if, if you're a nice human, you don't want it to happen to people you don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's just, it's, it's the worst possible thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, we're going to call it. Uh, thank you, Andre, again, for joining me on this one. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this is Those Old Movie Guys. Uh, and Andre, uh, before we go, what movie would you like to talk about next time we do this? Ooh, uh, if, if, we're, if we're keeping with our age, and you know, because now I just I just turned 50, so I'm really old. Oh, no, you're only a couple and, years older uh, than me, my friend. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, you know, we could go back to we could do 70s movies or we could say more 80s movies we, we can uh, do any any genre year whatever you want to do well, well we'll throw a couple out there um, we'll, we'll go completely on the opposite end of the spectrum we can either go with some like uh, canon shokasugi ninja movies okay uh, like ninja 3 the domination uh, 
uh, with Lucinda Dickey, or we could do something like 70s disaster movies like The Towering Inferno. Oh, God, The Towering Inferno is one I've been wanting to talk about for a while. We might have to do that one. <laughs> well, then I'll tell you what, since uh, I don't think you, uh, there's a there's a, there's a, a bait here. Um, oh. You know, Towering Inferno is a great movie, and one yeah. of the first times that you know two giant studios ever combined to make a big-budget mm. movie like that. The effects were all practical and real. Uh, it had two giant, you know, it had giant ensemble cast uh, and one little girl in the movie that Paul Newman saves. Um, and the little girl in The Towering Inferno is my sister. <gasps> Holy shit, I didn't know that. All right, we're definitely yeah. doing it then. We're definitely okay, doing we'll it. Talk about we're talking about hook line. You caught me with that baiter, sir. We <laughs> all right, so those are movie guys. Next time we talk, we're talking about The Towering Inferno. Great movie. All right, Andre, thank you again, man, so much. And have fun do what you got to do go stay busy but don't work too hard we don't need you you know popping a ventricle okay oh, yeah. that's part of some of it is i gotta i'm changing i'm changing uh, i'm changing some uh, changing some medications to work on something else to get better so it's oh good good keep me keep me posted on that man because uh you know I, I i need to hear that you're doing good okay so <laughs> doing pretty good everything looks awesome so i appreciate it so uh, we'll be back in action all right good job brother all right man you be good all right have a good all one right, thanks a lot. all right bye <laughs> Oh, Wolverine. Yes, Wolverines. <laughs>